Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. My name is Kerry Zarb and I've been helping business owners just like you go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat for over 20 years. I'll be giving you all the top advice for getting started in your business, but I'll also be speaking with some of the best business minds to inspire you with valuable insights to help you get ahead in your business. If you've ever hit a roadblock or lost your passion, then this is the podcast for you. Welcome back to the Biz Nation podcast. If this is your first time listening, a huge welcome to you. I'm your host, Kerry Zarb, and when it comes to small business, I've got you covered. Today's guest joining me is Meg Coffey from Coffee and Tea. Meg is based in Perth, Western Australia, and has over 20 years experience as a digital marketing strategist and social media expert. Meg has an amazing story to share with us later in the show, and I'm so grateful that Meg has given us the time to be with us today. Honestly, I am absolutely positive that Meg and I could chat about marketing all day. So what we wanted to do was just break it down to a really super cool key topic in this episode. We are going to talk about content and consistency because I think this is pretty important. I hope you're sitting down and I hope you're all strapped in and ready to go. Welcome to the show, Meg. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Excellent. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so excited for this chat and this was one on the calendar that I was waiting for and it's super cool that we've finally connected and we did have a few little tech issues when we first connected, which was completely my fault. So that's a cool way to start today, I think. Oh, I love it. It just goes to show that even the most professional people with all the gear and all the equipment can sometimes still just struggle. Oh, absolutely. If Kerry presses the wrong button, it's all downhill. Yep, 100%. (laughs) Thanks for um, working with me on that one. I really appreciate it. So Meg, can you tell us, we know who you are, but just give us a bit of a who and a, a what you do today, if you wouldn't mind. Yeah, so I do lots of things actually. I've got um I've got my agency, my social media agency Coffee and Tea, which deals with tourism and hospitality clients. And then I also run Social Media Perth, which is an organization of digital marketers that get together once a month and drink. Well, we do Ooh. more than that, but that's what I tell everyone is we just get together <laughs> once a month and drink. Um, And then I run the State of Social Conference, which is my goal is to make it APAC's biggest digital marketing conference. And this is our fourth year. So 2021 is our fourth year. And then I do a whole bunch of media and, you know, tell people how to use social media and, you know, but I break it down. I like to... um, I take all the jargon out of it is what people tell me. So I try to really simplify things and I have fun. Like I love teaching people and doing workshops and just making social media easy and accessible for them. Awesome. Wow. Oh my goodness. There's there's so much to grab out of that. But um, this uh, event space, you said it's the fourth year? Yeah. So State of Social is in the fourth year, which is amazing. We, we, I managed to pull it off in 2020. We had 300 people in real life, um, which was incredible considering COVID. So this is the fourth year, but look, we're, it's, 
it's an Australian conference. It's a global conference this year, a little bit more Australia, thanks COVID. Um, but it's not just a WA conference. And some people go, oh, it's a marketing conference for WA people. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's a, I want it to be APAC's biggest. So that if you're in social media or digital marketing, you would go to social media marketing world in San Diego. You'd go to content marketing world in Cleveland, and then you'd come to state of social in Perth. And a lot of people go, but why, why Perth? And I'm like, (laughs) are you kidding me? Have you ever been to Perth? It is. And I'll admit before I'd ever been here, I was like, it's on the wrong coast. Why would you go there? (laughs) And now I've been in Perth for almost 20 years and I can't imagine living anywhere else. It is for living for the day to day. It is honestly the greatest city in the world. And, And why do you think that Meg? what, what brings you to that conclusion? I'm curious. Um, well, look, I mean, sure, there's there or were more restaurants in Melbourne. I shouldn't say that. You can't see my face on, on a podcast. Um, <laughs> but, you know, or there's more culture in this city or there's more sport in that city. But, you know, it takes me like a bad traffic day is 15 minutes. And yeah, we have the most beautiful beaches in the world. Like, and there's nobody on them. There's just absolutely nobody on them. And you know, it's quite funny during isolation. It was like social, social isolation is easy in Perth. And you'd like look to your left and look to your right. That's because there's no one here. (laughs) Oh, I love that. Yeah. Hmm. It's just, I, I, um, I don't know. There's something about it. My, uh, my family's come to visit and they say that it's a lot like San Diego in the U S or it's a lot like Texas even. And so maybe that's why I feel at home here, but I don't know. The people are nice. The weather's incredible. It's just, it's good. You can buy a home here mm. for a reasonable price. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, I, I think um, I think I need to move. I think you've <laughs> you've sold it really well. <laughs> it yeah. sounds fantastic. Well, and I I um I apologize. I do have a dog that loves to be a little bit rowdy. But what's wonderful here is that I can actually have a yard. I live yeah. ten minutes from the city, and I have a yard, and yeah. it didn't cost me my kidney to get. <laughs> Exactly. And I think that's a really good point that you make because, you know, going back to the traffic aspect alone, like that's incredible, you know, 15 minutes of bad traffic. Man, I wish we had that here in Melbourne. That would be awesome. That would be so cool. I had a friend from Melbourne visit and I was getting like rage because I just, it was taking me so long, air quote, so long to get him to the hotel to drop him off. He's like, what's wrong with you? I was like, this is taking forever. He's like, Meg, we've been in the car for 10 minutes. (laughs) I was like, okay. And then I remember I went to Melbourne back when I used to travel all the time um, in the pre-COVID times. And I think it was, um, oh, what's one of those main roads, Collins Street or something like that. Mm -hmm. I ended up just getting out of the taxi and walking because it was faster. Yeah. It's just ridiculous. Oh, it takes sometimes an hour to get around a city block in Melbourne. It's crazy. No, no, thank you. Yeah, yeah. Too insane, too insane. All right, let's hop into the content and consistency part of the show now. Um, And I guess I just need some insight from you. What is your recommendation? What is your tips and what hints can you give the listeners about the content space and and what what can we advise them? What's so key important here? I think you nailed it on the head, consistency. You know, a lot of us, you know, these new platforms come out and you're like, ooh, shiny, let me go get involved with that new clubhouse. I got to do that and rah, rah, rah. And 
if you're not nailing Facebook, what are you doing on the next one? If you haven't gotten your website under control with, you know, common blog posting and basic SEO stuff, what are you doing jumping into these new shiny things? What we found, I mean, yes, the people that are the early adopters in new platforms do tend to do better, but what we're finding long-term is that those are who are consistent and who show up it's not every day anymore. I mean, there is, you have a presence every day. You might not have to be posting every day, but it's those people that, that show up consistently that are reliable, that, that, um, that think long-term think long game are the ones that actually last are the ones mm. that actually have success. You know, when you just go up there and you just, you know, throw a piece of content here and, you know, put an Instagram post there and, and, you know, do an audio recording and there's no synergy between them or there's no backlink between them or there's no, you know, tying it all together. You confuse your audience because they don't know what to expect from you. You surprise your audience because they're not used to seeing you in the feed. And then all of a sudden you pop up and it's like, oh, am I still, I didn't, what? I'm still following them or, you know, things like that. Um, and you're not, you're not taking social serious as a business tool. You're really just, uh, I've learned this term lately, you know, is it, is it, is it a legitimate thing or is it just an expensive hobby? Mm. And I'm learning there's a lot of things in my life that have become expensive hobbies. And I think when you just sort of, when you're not consistent on social, when you just sort of go at it without a strategic plan and without, um, a consistent plan and consistent effort, it just becomes an expensive hobby because you're just playing. You're not really using mm. it as a tool effectively. Yep. Yep. That makes sense. So then that kind of steps us almost across to the strategy side of your marketing. So we're talking content and consistency, but there's two elements of consistency, not to hop into strategy for a moment, but I'm sure we'll touch on it. But with consistency, it's not only how often, but what you're saying. Is that right? Oh yeah, totally. It's not just about posting. And I think people lose sight of that, you know, uh, sure. A couple of years ago, we were posting every single day. I remember when we were posting twice a day mm. on Facebook or three times a day on Instagram, you know, for my tourism and hospitality clients, I can see how you'd have that frequency just cause you have that much to say and you have that much content to share, but for the average business, like, you know, uh, a plumber, say for example, they don't need to be posting every day because how many photos of pipes can you <laughs> post? Yeah. Right? I know plumbers do more than that. Um, but it's, it's the, you will get out of social as much as you put into it. So yes, you put your post up, maybe you post three times a week, but what are you doing in between? Are you going and you commenting on other people's posts? Are you replying to the comments that people left you? Are you sliding into the DMS and engaging with people? Now I hate that cold, cold calling via the DMS, <laughs> right? Um, it just seems so unnatural to me, but for some businesses and some things that does work, but that consistency is having a presence every day and, and engaging and liking and, you know, Take your thoughts on Gary V either way, but Gary V has this strategy, his dollar 80 strategy, which is you go and you give your two cents 90 times. Mm -hmm. Now that's a lot. I don't have time to, to do that, but Who's I like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I like the theory in that you do, you go in, 
you can't look at social media as just a push strategy. It has to be a push and pull. You have to, you have to give more than you take. And I know that's a whole bunch of jargon, but it's no, true. No, I think it's, it's, it's good stuff. Like I, I see that and, and I don't think it's too technical. It makes, it's a bit of common sense in there as well, because you're right, you know, give and take, it's like anything, you know, if we think about the principles of life, you know, how we interact with our family and our friends, it, it's the same thing, you know, we give and take with our friends. So yeah. why would socials be any different really? Yeah. I always say when I do my workshops, um, don't be the brand that makes me feel like I need to take a shower after an interaction with you. <laughs> oh, good one. Right. But that's yep. it. Like you don't want to be like, you don't want to be the creepy brand. Like there was a, there's an example, Spotify, you know, how Spotify every year does, um, all the data at the end of the year. And you're like, you listen to 12 hours of Nickelback and one in five songs has, or one in five playlists has a Britney song on it. I'm showing my age, um, but you know, that's like, that's a really cool use of data. Netflix a couple years ago. Now Netflix doesn't release any data about their user numbers and how people interact, but Netflix sent this tweet out that said to the person that watched the Christmas Prince 57 times in a row, who hurt you? Uh, that's creepy. Like yeah. they were trying to be funny. But that's like, oh, Netflix, don't do that. So be like Spotify. Use data in a fun way. Interact with people in a fun way. Um, engage them. Give them interesting pieces of information. Don't don't make me feel like I need a shower after an interaction with you. Yeah, that's a really good way to put it. I love the whole, you know, not being creepy and yeah. and pushy, like you said as well. You know, it's not about the push. It's a, It's got to be that it's human to human. We know it's human to human. Yeah. And I yeah. think that that's where we're really going in business. You know, we sort of have come that full circle of, you know, the, the salesman and the sales push just doesn't work like it used to. It truly is that authenticity and, and, and the way that the person makes you feel, um, that gets it over the line. Yes. We're still price conscious and yes, we're hmm. still, you know, some of the major things, but it's how did that interaction make you feel? that pushes you over the line that, 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 that causes the, the trigger. Yeah. So Google did this paper on micro moments hmm. and, um, I think it was think with Google and it talks about how throughout life we're constantly getting like bombarded and they all add up. I, I touch my stomach a lot when I talk about this because it's that gut feeling, right? And yep. it's like all these moments adding up and then all of a sudden you have the trigger good or bad. And in a world that is chaotic as it is, there's very little that we have control over, but we have control over how we make people feel. And we have control over the content that we put into the world. So make them positive interactions, make them good, make so that it builds upon itself. So that when your customer has that gut feeling and they're ready to go, they're ready to purchase, they go, you, you're the one that made me feel good. Mm, yeah. Yeah, feeling is so important and, and especially it's very, you know, as we know, Facebook, Instagram, yes, you've got video aspects and all that kind of stuff, but everything else is so 2D, you know, like it's, and it can be so impersonal. So trying to break through to people and, and get your messages across non-creepy. Um, but again, you know, but video is um, certainly something. Meg, I wanted to ask you about that actually. Are you seeing on your side of the, like what you see behind the scenes, video was super popular 
pre-pandemic? It was like, you know, getting more engagement, more interaction. Is that still a thing right now or is something else happening? Uh, I think video is definitely, but it's going, I was actually having this conversation the other day. It, it, it is, you know, when we first had video, I guess there was the, the proper video productions. And then people are like, wait a second, I've got a smartphone. I can make video and I can do this. And so we sort of went into the the video that wasn't as good, but that's okay because we wanted the authenticity. But now I think, and I kind of blame TikTok for this one. <laughs> you gotta have video skills. Like you gotta be able to do the transitions and you gotta be able, it can still be, you know, you casual, but it's way more than just, I'm filming myself on video. It's, yeah. it's, there's production to it now and that's what's cutting through. Yep. So yeah, video is, is, is more important than ever, but it's just what kind of video or how you do that video. Mm, mm. And I think that's one thing I do like about TikTok is just when you're scrolling on the feed, I'm a massive TikTok fan, but when you're scrolling on the feed and then someone gives you a, how to organize your transitions and how to take the first clip and the second clip, I'm always drawn into those little, little videos myself just to get those tips, you know? Yeah. Oh, it's crazy. And I have a friend who is, she's determined to learn some transitions at the moment and she's spending hours doing it. And I don't know where she has the time for that. Like I just, I mean, they're amazing. She's like there and then she pushes her hand forward and then she's in a completely different outfit and then she falls on the couch and it's, it's, it's amazing. I know. But she spends all day doing it. I know. I look at that and I'm like, how much time did that take? I just don't think I've got that bandwidth available to get all that together for one 60 second clip. And that's it. And I guess then it becomes a learned skill. And so, you know, each one you do, you get better and better and better at. And if your job is to make TikToks and your job is to do these things, then sure, it's a wise investment. Or is it an expensive hobby? Mm, there we go. There's the flip. <laughs> love it. Love it. You're listening to the Biz Nation podcast. I would love to connect with you outside of the podcast and you can find me on Clubhouse, Instagram, Facebook or LinkedIn by searching my name, Kerry Zab, or directly on my website at kerryzarb.club. And don't forget, if you need more support in your business, you can find the community on Facebook at Biz Nation Support Group. So Meg, um, going back to consistency of messaging, so time, you know, how often we post, time of day that we post, we're all pretty aware of the stats that we can get behind the scenes of our socials, you know, seeing what happened, what worked, what didn't work. What's your number one tip for the listener as far as the messaging is concerned? Um, probably time. don't lie, like that, that, that authenticity. Um, you know, if you're selling a product, don't claim that the product's going to do one thing when it does something else. Um, don't tell people your dog's going to be quiet when he never is. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> my dog is so rowdy today. I'm so sorry. He's, he's all right. Yeah. He normally sits at my feet and is silent. I've done so much television and radio and he's just 
silent. I apologize to your listeners. Oh, good. Oh, good. Um, but yeah, be, I think it's that be authentic. You know what I mean? And even that, even me telling you, you know, my silly dog, anybody that were to, to look at me on socials will realize that my dog is my child. I am that crazy fur baby mama. Like, I mean, <laughs> he's 38 kilos, so he's not that little, but like my dog is part of me. And so that's authenticity. And so that comes across in my content and it makes me relatable and it makes me, you know, all the things that you want to be in business. Yeah. So when we're talking about consistent content, it's be yourself. I mean, brush your hair, you know, look a little bit nice, but <laughs> be yourself and be authentic. And I think in today's world, you know, where it is so crazy and it is so polished and fake and contoured and edited and filtered, that if you are just consistently showing up and you are consistent in your message, whatever that message is, but it is the same message woven in or out, little bits here and there, that's how you'll succeed because people know what to expect from you. It's that tiny micro moment on tiny micro moment that when the dog does bark, they go, oh, that's all right. That's Meg. I expected that. Yeah. Or, you know, it's, it's the authenticity. It's, it's just being whatever your thing is, stick to it. Mm. Like it's, you know, people who, I think the people that come and go are the ones that don't quite understand who they are or what they're selling. Mm -hmm. And every yeah. day it's something different. Yeah. Yeah. I think. That makes sense to me. I love it. <laughs> I think it's awesome. Meg, would you mind if we step into your backstory for a moment? Because you're originally from Texas, am I right? I am. Can't you tell my Australian accent? It's, it's wonderful. It's um, perfect. It's perfect. <laughs> yeah. So I am, I am your typical, um, backpacker that came to Australia and fell in love with the country and never left. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but I'm the worst backpacker. Cause I arrived with 75 kilos worth of luggage. Is that, is so, that a lot in the backpacking world? That sounds like yeah, a lot. It was a suitcase. It was not really a backpack. No, I, um, I, so I graduated uni. And my best friend growing up from home, her mom was actually from Perth. So when she graduated uni, she's like, I'm out of the US. I don't want to do this country. I'm off to Australia. And I was like, what do you, what do, what do you mean you're off to Australia? People can do that. <laughs> <laughs> and I broke up with a long-term boyfriend. And so I ran away from home and I was like, this is not for me. I can't, I, you know, and I came to Australia. Well, I told my mom I was only coming for three months. Cool. And that was 19 years ago. <laughs> oh, a little she bit still extended. has my, yeah, she still has my car. We actually, I got a speeding ticket apparently in 2013 and there's now a warrant out for my arrest in Texas. I wasn't in the U S in 2013, but I'm like, mom, why do you still have my car? I've told, like, I have an Australian passport now. I don't know what he's, what else I'm going to tell you that I'm not coming home. She's hanging on. She's hanging on just in case you never know. You yeah. never know. Oh, that's yeah. cute. But I did, I came to Perth and I fell in love with it and there was just something about it. And this is back in 2002 when Perth was just, I mean, the skyline was, was completely different. Perth was really a small country town then. And, but there was something about it, something that just felt right. So I stayed in Perth and then I went up to Broome for a little while. And then I overstayed my visa as all good backpackers do. And I was banned from the country for a couple of years. 
so I went to New Zealand. Oh. <laughs> yep. And I worked in, I was in New Zealand. I fell in love with a boy there and ended up staying for a couple of years. And then that relationship ended and I was working for a core, the hotel group. <laughs> I was running the bars in the backpackers. Mm. It was, yeah, very sophisticated. So they moved me to Magnetic Island, which is off Townsville and is just incredible. And I was getting older and I realized it was sort of like those two paths. Do you go down this path or do you go down that path? Like, do you, do you stay working in the backpacker bars or do you actually like, you know, grow up? And so I moved back to Perth in 2008. So I had a little six year hiatus of backpacking, yeah. uh, moved back to Perth in 2008, never looked back. Oh, wow. What a journey. How oh, it has been. It was a lot of fun. It was, um, I do, I laugh now because, you know, I was late to the game in buying a house and late to the <laughs> game in certain things in my career, <laughs> but I had a good early twenties. I yeah. had a lot of fun and I would not trade that for anything. Yeah. And that's the biggest thing. No regrets, you know, no. and, and it's, it's brought you to where you are now. Everything's happened for a reason. There's a path, you know, it's all kind of it kind of twined along, but you, you're there. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's, you know, what I say often with my agency, with coffee and tea, with working in tourism and hospitality, the reason we're so good at it is because I've done every job. I've been the glassy, I've been the bartender, I've been the restaurant manager. I've been the, you know, had to do the P and L I've learned everything. So I know that industry innately. Yeah. And it allows me to have a unique perspective and to give you marketing strategies that I know will work, you mm -hmm. know, rather than going, just discount everything 50%. I'm like, but my profit margin is 10. How do I do that? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know, so it, it does. It, 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 like you said, it's, you know, it was the right path and it, it's brought me to where I am. And it just gives me a really unique perspective. Yeah, I love that story. Thank you so much for sharing that. That's awesome. You know, such a journey and no doubt heaps. Oh, I'm sure you've got so many stories you could share. Probably not safe for podcasts, but yeah. <laughs> maybe not, maybe not. <laughs> awesome. Meg, um, I've got I've got something fun. I want to okay. ask you five random questions. Now, uh -oh. there's a bit of theatre here. Got a tin. All right. I have a tin and inside this tin is five random questions. You have no idea what they are. I have no idea what they are. So I'm going to pull them out. Try and speed it up. I'm going to be brutally honest. This could be dangerous. It could be. It could be, but that's okay. I'm open. I'm game. All right. Five questions. Are you ready? I am. Excellent. All right. Question number one. Oh. Trains, boats, or planes, or none of the above? Boats, if it's a super yacht. Oh, yep. I'm dying to do the gone. I really want to do the train across Australia, whether yeah. it's the north to south or the east to west. <sighs> planes, I haven't been on a plane in over a year, which is really weird for me, considering I used to be on a plane every week. Mm, definitely. But right now I'm all about boats. Give me my super yacht. Oh, there you go. Put that on your vision board for sure. <laughs> for sure. Awesome. All right. Second question. Are you an introvert or an extrovert? All right. So I am both. I'm the most 
introverted extrovert you've ever met, <laughs> right? Like I love people, but I hate people, right? <laughs> I, <laughs> I love everything and I give myself to everyone, but there's nothing more than I like than coming home and sitting on my couch with my dog and just him and I and shutting the world out. How good is that? Yeah. It's amazing. And that's when the Netflix goes on and the popcorn comes out. I'm quite happy with my own company. Yeah. But I like to, you know, I go out and burst and I go, you know, and I think maybe, I think that's why I like the public speaking because I can be on a big stage with a whole bunch of people, but I don't actually have to talk to them. I mean, (laughs) if there's that, you know, I'm with the people, but I am in control of the situation. Yeah. And when I'm not in control of the situation, I get uncomfortable. Fair enough. Yep. Yeah. I, I can relate. I can relate. Same. Yep. <laughs> Beautiful. Okay. Next question. What are your top three priorities in life? Sleep. A- oh, yeah. My dog and fun. Awesome. Sleep. Puppy fun yeah my dog he is um i don't have a partner and it's been a while since i've had a partner um if you know any wonderful men out there i'm looking putting Um, it out there putting it out there (laughs) listeners well i gotta get on my super yacht somehow don't i that's it (laughs) um but sleep i am a person that i burn the candle at both ends and so when i can sleep i sleep and that's Mm. really important to me i think people uh, there's nothing to be proud of by saying you only sleep for four hours a night. No, you know, sleep is sleep is important. We need that. We need to rejuvenate and regenerate and all of that. Um, and fun. I think that life is hard and it is exhausting. And, you know, I think this is why I could not go back to the U S is because I don't want to live to work. Mm. you know, and it is, it is just so hard. And you're constantly, I mean, people don't take leave in the U S here in Australia, we get four weeks. I mean, that's unheard of. Mm -hmm. Um, you gotta have fun in life because if you're not having fun, it's not, it's not worth it. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And I think the message I took out of that, my little takeaway is more sleep equals more fun. Yeah. Kind of. If you don't get enough, you're not going to have as much fun. So. Exactly, because you're just too tired to enjoy it, and you don't, you don't want to be, you want to be present in life for the good and the bad. I mean, you know, you need to have the heartache to, to, to have the joy, but you've got to be present. You don't just want to go through life. You don't just want to, you don't just want to survive. Mm. You need to be an active participant. Yeah. And so you got to have, you got to have fun. It's got to be, you know, treat yourself and, you know, not all the time. You got to work hard, but (laughs) when you're not, you know, work hard, play hard, play harder. Yeah, exactly. I agree. I agree. All right. The next one is if you could choose another era to live in, when would it be and why? I think about this a lot, actually. Um, And I think. I would love the fifties and look, I know that it wasn't the greatest time for women in the fifties, but I love the fashion and I love the glamorized view that we have of the simplicity of it all. Yeah. You know, that, that Truman show where it's just neighbors are nice and you know, your neighbors and, and 
I'd be more than happy to cook dinner every mm -hmm. night, you know, like I just, life seemed simpler then. Mm. And I know that's a glamorized view, but mm -hmm. it just, yeah, the world just seemed kinder, I think. Yeah, I think so too. And I think you're right. It's kind of definitely got that simplistic view, like men, no smartphones, no, practically oh. no technology. What does that yeah. even look like? Yeah, I um I don't have children, but I think that it would be very hard to to be parents and to be to be children today. You know, I'm sure you've seen the meme of what I look like at 14 versus what a 14 year old looks like today. Yeah, <sighs> you know, <laughs> just yeah, life is different now, and I think that I don't necessarily think it's for the good. And I know every generation says that. Oh, back in my day, it was so much better, but as good as technology is, and I'm ever the optimist, I think it's also brought a lot of bad into our lives. And it's, mm. it's brought a lot of angst into our lives and things that we just don't necessarily need. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I hear you a hundred percent hear you. Yeah. But can we turn it off and can we put it away? We have a choice. And exactly. You know, look, I am, um, I, I watched that movie, the, was it the social network that came out last year? And social I was kind of dilemma, social dilemma. That was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. The social dilemma. And I was, um, I was a bit anti Facebook at that point just for my own issues. And then I watched that movie and I realized it's psychological warfare is what some of these platforms are doing. And so I cut Facebook out, I took it off my phone and I stopped using it for about four or five months just because I Meg couldn't, it wasn't bringing joy to my life. It wasn't bringing anything positive to my life. Now, being someone who works in social media and spots trends, not being on Facebook was detrimental to me. Yeah. So I, I am back on Facebook, but I have a different relationship with it now, you know? And I think, I think that that's important. And I think that people need to realize that, you know, the Steve jobs and, and those types of people don't let their kids have access to the technology. And they talk about that in that social dilemma, how, you know, the, the guys that founded all this don't let their kids near it. And I think there's something to be said in that. Yeah. It, you have to have the emotional bandwidth to be able to handle social. Definitely. Definitely. Good answer. Good answer. Last one. Oh, oh, uh -oh. you're going to love this one. It's, it's actually very befitting. I can say tea, coffee or something else. Was that totally random out of the box? That was random. I kid you not, out of the out of the box. Absolutely. I, I love it. So my last name is Coffee, spelled C-O-F-F-E-Y. And my whole life I was made fun of for my last name. You oh. know, I was called Folgers Crystals, hey decaf, hey, you know, like all the names that little kids make mm. fun of each other, right? So I always said to myself, when I grow up, if I were to run my own business, I'm going to call it coffee and tea. Oh, well. Because, you know, screw the haters, I'm going to win kind of a thing. <laughs> and I'm lucky that I ended up in tourism and hospitality because it makes sense. Does. Um, I, so yeah, so coffee and tea. I am addicted to coffee. I am on my third one already and I haven't been awake for that many hours. <laughs> um, I will have five or six coffees a day minimum. Wow. I can have, this is probably why I don't sleep. I tell everyone that I can have a coffee and then go straight to bed, but I don't sleep well. 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, I love, I love coffee. However, that said, when I am in Texas, there is nothing better than a really good cold iced tea with a fresh lemon in it. Iced tea with lemon. Yes. Yep. And that, that is something that they just don't do here in Australia. You're like cold tea. What is wrong with you? I'm like, no, no, no. It's delicious. So we're not talking this stuff you get in the supermarket in the bottle or comes in the convenience store. It's not like that, right? It's- no, you do it old school. <laughs> this is how my mum taught me at least is, you know, you, you get the, 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 I was about to call it the pitcher. It's funny when I talk about the US, I use American words, but when I talk <laughs> about here, I use my Australian. You get the jug, you fill it with water and you put, you know, I don't know, five, 10 tea bags in it. And then you stick it in the sun and you let the sun brew and do its oh. thing, you know? And then you put that in the fridge mm-hmm. and pour that over ice. Right. Very good. Yeah. There's a Very method good. there. There's a there method. There is. There <laughs> is. And I'm not talking about sweet tea because that's what the Southerners have. That's a whole other thing. That's more like what you buy in the grocery store. That's it's it's sweet. Yeah. And this, this is a big thing. You either drink sweet tea or you drink normal tea. Like when you go to the barbecue restaurants in Texas and you say, I, you know, I'd like a tea. They're like sweet tea or normal tea. And you're like normal tea. Yeah. <laughs> of, course. of course. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was a lot of fun. And that really seriously for everyone, that was definitely random. I did not set that up and, but it's super cool. I, I love that that happened. <laughs> what a perfect way to end the five questions. Yeah, exactly. Oh my God. So random. <laughs> Meg, thank you so much. Where can we find you before we wrap up the show? So Twitter is my platform of choice. I know that most Australians are not on Twitter, but for me, you find everything on Twitter before you find it anywhere else. So get involved. So I'm on Twitter at Texan Meg, or you can check out my website, which is really easy. Just Meg.social. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I noticed that. I was like, that's pretty cool. I was like, hang on, where's the dot com? No, dot com, dot social. Okay. I know it's there's new options available, have been out there for some time. So loved that. Super simple. And, of course, I've got heaps of other links of yours. I'll pop all of that into the show notes for the listeners. But, Meg, thank you so much. This has been amazing. I really appreciate your time and, you know, some fantastic uh, tips and hints for the listeners as well. So thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure. I feel like we could have talked for hours. So thank you so much for having me. It was good fun. I love laughing. Absolutely. We could have been here all day. Thank goodness we've both got other appointments or the the listeners might have fallen asleep. Who knows? (laughs) (laughs) Awesome. Thank you, Meg. We will stay in touch. We will reconnect really soon and, and have no doubt of further conversations moving forward. So thanks again. My pleasure. Thank you for tuning in to the Biz Nation podcast. It was lovely to share this episode with you. Remember to subscribe to catch all future episodes and I would also very much love it if you'd leave me a rating or a review. Until next time, remember that you can also go from headache to heaven in a heartbeat.